It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When's the last time you had a game with him? high school. Yeah. <laughs> which, game? Uh, which, which game would you say? Every time we play LaSalle. What would you think of the Oh, he's amazing. He's he a bad mother. Well, I can't disagree. Welcome on in. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Elliot in for Hugh on this Friday, the day after an Eagles game, an Eagles win. 215-592-9494 to hop in. Well, a whole day of reaction here as the Eagles go to 2-0. and Elliot, it wasn't perfect. There were some times during that game where it was like, uh, what are we watching? But overall, they get a good win on a short week against a, a decent Minnesota team. I, I don't think Minnesota's bad. They're certainly not as good as they were last year. But that they found a way to to get up big. Like, they were up 20 at one point in that game. Mm-hmm. Like That game was not easy early. It looked like it was going to be dicey. But at the end of the day, they won. They're 2-0, and and that's a good win. So I don't think it's coincidence that when people stepped out of their house this morning, there was a fall crisp in the air. It was. Felt like football, right? I got a pumpkin coffee on the way in, by the way. Well, that's always a good call. But you want to know why? Like, the Eagles season began last night. Like, that week one game in New England, it was rainy. They played really poorly. It was fun to talk about for a few days. I thought last night was a reminder of who the Eagles are for everybody. I thought last night was a great win. And as I was there for the pregame show last night— uh, obviously there for the game, amazing atmosphere. The light show was crazy. I mean, it's pretty clear the Eagles are the best party in town right now. Like, if you go to an Eagles game, you're guaranteed two things. One, you're going to see it's going to be a good time. You're going to see a win. And I thought that's what last night was all about for me. We're going to get into the specifics of different parts of the team, the passing game, the secondary, Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of interesting things to kind of chew on from from that game last night. But I thought that was a great win. And I really think that uh, the Eagles are com- becoming the victim of their own success in a way. Like, they're 2-0. and They had five. They had two games in five days, two new coordinators, one on the road, a short week versus a desperate Vikings team. They beat them both, and they didn't play their best football. So I, I left last night, uh, I left the link last night, feeling very encouraged about where the Eagles are and feeling like uh, this season got back on track after that uh disgusting win in week one yeah and the first game was definitely disgusting the weather played into it I agree with you it did feel like today feels a little different it feels like the Eagles have found something here and and I think it it felt like last year's team in a way it did and in two things one it did because they won right and they got up big they're up 20 points at one point last year's team in 
almost every win got up two or three scores. It was a mark of last year's team. Now, last night they let the Vikings back in a little bit, and it felt a little dicey at the end, but, but they had it. But here's why I feel better about last night than week one. They found something on offense that mm-hmm. worked. I mean, in week one they found almost nothing. And I think we all want the passing game to be better, and we'll talk about that and what Brian Johnson did, what Jalen Hurts is not doing right now. We'll get into all that. But like, they, they went back to their bread and butter, which is yeah. running the football. And DeAndre Swift, it's funny, when he got traded here, people were really excited. He's a local kid. We knew he's a good player from the Lions and what he's done in the NFL so far. But then they didn't use him in week one. It's like, what is going on? And they they used him last night. And I, I like the way they adjusted because clearly the passing game was struggling early. And they could have kept just trying it. I mean, and they probably would have won the game anyway because the Vikings you know, were beatable last night. But they leaned on it, and that drive, like they, at some point they realized they can't stop our run game, and yeah. they just kept doing it. So is the offense perfect? Is it where it was last year at the times? No, but the, half of it they found. They found half of it last night. Well, the 16-play uh, touchdown drive really kind of encapsulates where this offense is at right now. Uh, Sirianni wants to win with big plays. Mm-hmm. He wants to, to create big plays. He wants to stop big plays. That is like the Sirianni philosophy after you know covering him for two years and everyone watching his games. There's no way their their game plan in the second quarter is 16 plays all running just to just to get 75 yards. Like that's not what they want to do. And to be honest, I'm someone where if the passing game is not working, it's hard for me to feel great about the team overall on on like a large scale. But it is nice that the Eagles have in their back pocket when they need to pull it out. Maybe the best running game we've seen in the NFL over the last however how many years. I, mean, I don't think you, any team has run for more yards since Sirianni got here. And it may be the Ravens because Lamar, but it's like right. they're one or two. But the difference is, like, when the, the and, and Jalen does get a lot of rushing yards, but it feels like when the Eagles are really running the ball, it's not with Jalen. It, it, it's with the offensive line just dominating. And we saw Swift last night. I mean, this team has so many playmakers, AJ, Devontae, Dallas. Swift is is not as consistent as them, but when he's at his best, he is kind of just as dangerous. Like what you saw last night was a special running back. And 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 what we didn't see in week one was a special running back in Kenny Gainwell. Like you brought it up. The fact that Kenny Gainwell got so many touches in week one and Swift didn't, I mean, that looks really bad now. It looks crazy. Because Swift is obviously way better. We saw Penny last night. He looks cooked. I mean, I, I think that it's very obvious Swift has to be the number one running back. And we'll see if he can hold up over time. But... What they have in Swift is what I thought they needed and what I thought they should go get this offseason is a special back. He makes people miss. He's elusive in space. He creates yards after contact. Like, he was everything you want to see from a running back behind this offensive line. I think we can all agree on this. In 215-592-9494, they haven't played a complete game yet or their best game yet. We, uh, they haven't because the passing game still isn't where I think they need it to be. And they're still giving up a lot of yards on the back end on defense. Yet they are 2-0. and In the first game, they had a 16-point lead at one point. Right. In the second game, they had a 20-point lead. If you have 16 or 20-point leads, you win those games, I would say off the top of my head, 90% of the time. You're going to win almost every time. And they've done that the first two games. So, I, Elliot, I do feel good. I don't feel as great as you do because you feel great. I, I feel good about the win really because I think they can be better. And they already have racked up two wins. It's not easy to win in the NFL when you don't play your best football. And I don't think they've played two bad teams. You know, we looked at the schedule. I agree with that. And I think it's it's pretty clear that they're, the best teams they face are later. Minnesota and New England, we won't look back and say they were the best teams they faced. But these are not top 10 pick teams. I don't think so. I don't think they are five or six win teams. I, I think Minnesota and New England, if they try, will win eight or nine games each. Like, they're decent football teams, and they beat them without their best effort. Well, and I think one of the reasons maybe me and you will be higher on where this team is at than others is 
And look, I picked them to lose last night. So maybe that's why I came away so impressed. I thought there was a game that was going to be very tough, and I thought they would lose it. And they didn't. I mean, not only did they not lose it, they were up 20 at one point. But we both thought the start of the season was going to be tough. And for them to go 2-0, and you just said, you know, it's hard to win in the NFL. And it is. Unless you're Sirianni and Hurts. Like, Sirianni, since he's come in the NFL, only three head coaches have a higher winning percentage. In Jalen Hurts' last 20 games, they've won 19 times. I love that stat. Come on, baby. There we go. In the last 25 times Hurts and Sirianni have started together, they've won 22 of them. Like, so that's why I think that ultimately there are things to talk about from the win. But when did winning, when did scoring 34 points, being up 20, creating four turnovers, having 175 yards from one of your rushers, Jalen has three total touchdowns. When did that not become a great performance? Like that, that, like, well, what's the bar then? Do they have to win 40 to nothing like the, like the Cowboys did this past weekend? We saw a lot of positives from the team last night. And I think the Eagles' bar for success, and look, they've created it. The standard's a standard, right? To quote Jalen. But their bar for success has become so high that they're 2 and 0 on a short week with that performance, and people are still concerned. And they're not completely wrong, but I think it's important on this, this beautiful Friday in Philadelphia to take a step back and realize what we're witnessing with this team. We haven't seen the Eagles win at a clip like this since I was like 12 in the early 2000s. Like This is like the Andy and Donovan era that we've talked about for so long. All they do is win every week. Rain, road game, away game, like whatever the circumstance is, short week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they win. They win, and I think that's extremely impressive and shouldn't be overlooked. I'm glad you brought up that team. 215-592-9494 to hop in. Do you feel good about last night's win? We'll start there today. Elliot in for Hugh. Elliot thinks it's a great win. I think it's a good win last night. We both feel good about, about what happened. I'm glad you brought up that team because the bar is dominance. I, I think back to right. the 3 team. They slogged through the beginning of the season, then they got it together. They still ended up the number one seed. But they didn't look as good as 0-2, right? Like, once you start stacking good seasons, and, and last year they were – the Eagles felt more dominant early last year than this year. I, I, I'm comfortable saying that. Like, if they just felt more dominant. They, I they're, agree with that. they're winning. It's not dominance yet. So, I think that's why we sense there's still some people out there that aren't but completely can I ask feeling great this morning. Or good. Good or great. Do you think it doesn't feel the same level of dominance because you're used to it? Because last year, they got up big on the Lions. The Lions came back. They almost lost that game. But they were up big in that game, mm-hmm. right? Patriots game, they jump out 16 nothing. Last night, they're up 27-7 to or whatever it was. They have a massive lead in that game, and they end up winning. The Vikings game last year, they win that game 24-7. to You could actually argue they played worse against the Vikings last year. They didn't score a point after halftime. So I agree with you. The team doesn't feel as dominant. But do you think that's because we're now numb to it? Like, we're used to it. So my, my, my quick answer is it's because of the quarterback. I mean, it's okay. because of Jalen Hurts. What was the takeaway last year after they beat the Vikings in Week 2? Exact same spot. Jalen arrived. He's arrived. He's an MVP candidate, right? He, yep. I think he was like two, up two or three in the odds like after that game last year. No one right now with a straight face is saying Jalen Hurts looks like an NFL MVP candidate. He doesn't. I mean, he, he looks okay, and I think we all think he's going to get better and they're going to figure this out. I think that the, the quarterback play, especially early last night, Elliot, is what it's what's holding me back from saying it was a great win. It's what's holding me back from being like, you know, let, let's start thinking about Vegas and the Super Bowl. Let's start, you know, really honing in on how great this team could be because they've got some things going on. And, I'm Elliot, I'm willing to excuse some of the stuff on the back end of the defense because they have so many young players. Especially back last there. night with injuries. Yeah, and they're going up against a good quarterback and, and a great receiver. But it's the, it's the passing game. It's the offense that, that makes me hesitant to say, great, I'm on good. 215-594-9494. That's how you hop in. Do you feel good about last night's win? That wasn't the number.
215-592-9494. That is the phone number there. There you go. Thank you. I, uh, what, what, I don't, you know what? Don't even repeat what I said because I don't want to throw people off. You guys know the number. Elliot in for Hugh today. We'll take everyone's phone calls and, and we'll get to this offensive stuff, including Brian Johnson. And mm. if he did a good job last night, because I know a lot of people were frustrated. In fact, I think he got booed last night. Did Brian Johnson get booed? The, the team offense did, certainly yeah. did. And it felt like Brian Johnson got booed because they directly booed the play call. It yeah. Like. It, I was about there. I was getting ready. Like in my living room, I was booing. Did he do a good job when it all was said and done? We'll d- dive into that next. 215-592-9494. That's the phone number on the mid. Second down and goal from the two. Hurts. And the gun. He could quarterback draw, too. Who knows? Give it to Swift. Hurts calling for the ball. He gives it to Swift. Swift cuts back. He's in. Touchdown. DeAndre Swift. Look at that shake. He's got such an amazing shake. He starts to the left. Yeah, he does. And last night there was a lot of shake. And there was a lot of great running by DeAndre Swift. As the Philadelphia Eagles win themselves their second game of the year. Welcome back. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillian, of course, Elliot in for Hugh on this Friday. It does feel like a weird week. Two games to react to in the same week here. But and now we got to wait 11 days for another I know, one. until the Tampa game. All right, we're going to get to all your phone calls here. In a few minutes, Elliot and I will dive into one of the aspects of this game last night that really was most interesting, which was Brian Johnson and, and how the game evolved. Because it was not great early, but it did end up pretty good for him. Rasheem is in North Philly. What's up, Rasheem? What's up? How you guys doing? What's up, Rasheem? What's up? How you guys doing? Can you hear me? Got what you, Rasheem. All right, we lost uh, Rasheem. Jeff, we'll, we'll get you right back in up. Wilmington. We'll get Rasheem back up. What's up, Jeff? Yeah, what's up, guys? What up, Jeff? How you doing, man? You know, it's crazy because two times this week I'm agreeing with Elliot. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, well, uh, what kind of week is that? Well, look, two Eagles well, wins, two perfect. times agreeing with me. I guess yeah. uh, overall not a bad thing. Yeah, it wasn't a perfect week. I was two for three because one day I didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I Look, the mark of a good team is to figure out a way to win and do something, change up when your normal stuff doesn't work. The RPO wasn't working last night, and I'm thinking teams are trying to figure that out right now. Um, there's kind of starting to be a book on that. Mm. But they went to the run game, and it's really weird how the offensive line looked like two different sets of, of players out there when they were passing as opposed to running. And they were run, their run blocking was incredible. But the pass blocking was suspect. And I think that's why we struggled in the, in the pass game a little bit. But they still got the win. And we're two and zero. Well, Jeff, to your so, point, to, to your point about the run block versus the pass blocking, they are a way better run blocking team, and I don't think yeah. that's a coincidence when you think about like how big my lot is, how big Dickerson is. Like they like to be the aggressor and push yes, forward. Yeah. I think when they have to step back, they're just not as comfortable in space as they are doing the other thing. I also wonder, Jeff, in the pass blocking, and I'm not saying everyone is his fault, but I wonder how many of these pressures the last couple of weeks. Jalen is that's just holding point. the ball too yep. long. He's not seeing the field, so maybe it's making maybe them so. look worse. Uh, now I thought. They were better last night at pass protection. Week one, they got not pushed around. Not early on. No, I'm not early and on. And then but they basically stopped throwing. Well, you're it, right. So. <laughs> but Jeff, to your point, they are, and Elliot's point, they are a better run blocking crew. I mean, they just yeah, I mean, they were, mauled them were, last night. The one sack uh, on Mylotta side, he didn't get a hand on anybody, and the other guy was was doubled up, and they just bull rushed him and, and got to Jalen. And th- those things are fixable, I think. But I'm I'm looking to see if they, with all the running they do, can they mix in a few more uh, play action. Is that something that they that they'd like to do, or it doesn't seem like it? Yeah, it's you know? it, it's kind of like they use RPO as their play action. They don't they don't do like yeah. the uh, like the McVeigh or Shanahan like you know pretend it's a run behind you five yards behind yeah. line of scrimmage and then hold the ball and throw it. They don't do well, that. And Jeff, what's interesting is not to get like 
too into the analytics here, but I do think there's they've there's been studies that have shown like having a great running game doesn't really help your RPO game. Like you, you, having a great running game just helps the pass game. The need for I'm um, not RPO, sorry, play action, play action, yeah, yeah. play action, yeah. Okay. Uh, it uh it doesn't actually like play action things. just works. You're saying. exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It either works or it doesn't. I ex- look execution is what it's all about, and you know they can everybody can get on the OC if they want to, but if the players don't execute, he looks like a jerk and. <laughs> Team's not doing well. Well, that's, that's what the it truth. Boils down to yeah, it is. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's about results. So, Jeff, we appreciate. Right, let's get into Brian Johnson a little bit here. We'll get back to everyone's phone calls. React to the win. Good. Do you think it was a good win last night? Elliot thinks it's a great win. I will say it was a good win over the Vikings. Elliot, the the offensive coordinator. I feel like the first quarter and a half, he was public enemy number one. The pass yeah. game just couldn't get going. Interception by Jalen Hurts. He looked confused. But then it flipped. I mean, they they leaned on the run game, and they took the game over. I mean, the statistics don't lie. They ran the ball last night 48 times for 259 yards. I love that stat. Come I, on, baby. I do too, Nick. It, there's one way to get on everyone's good side in Philadelphia. It's run the football, and yes. they did it. Well, unless you're Brian Johnson. I yeah, guess. that's true. Um, I do think, before we have this conversation, we should all be honest and say, Brian Johnson is going to catch more criticism because he's the new guy. Like, people yeah. like Sirianni. They like Jalen. This is much like when Frank Reich left, right? And everyone's like, oh, it was Frank, it was Frank, it was Frank, because nobody wanted to just say it was Doug and Carson. Well, it's like the, the we've changed the variable here. And right. Like, he's the variable. Yeah, so I, I do think there have been things from the offense so far that I've seen that I don't like. It feels like, A, I don't like the situations they run it in. It feels like they're not as aggressive as they used to be. Like, late late in the second uh, second quarter yesterday, they get the ball back 35 seconds. I was surprised they weren't more aggressive in trying to get further down the field. They end up making a 61-yard field goal. So I don't like some of the play calls there. There's been, like, some third downs, third and longs, where he's just handed it off. Give up plays. Don't like that type of stuff. But I, I think that Brian Johnson's job is harder – than what Shane Steichen's job was. Like, he's the one that has to come up with the counterpunch. Shane Steichen was able to kind of come in, and I don't want to say take the league by storm, but no one knew what to expect from him. He had the element of surprise. Brian Johnson does not have that. I know he's a new coach, but they're not going to run a whole new offense. It's not advantageous to anybody there. So I think Brian Johnson's job is harder. When I think of why the passing game is struggling, and and it is, let's be honest. It is. Jalen has less than 200 yards in both of his games this year. That only happened back-to-back uh, last year one time, and it was the loss to Washington, and it was the um, the ugly win over the Colts. So this is about as poor as they've done they've done passing the, the ball in a long time. I just personally think it's the defenses are playing him differently, and everyone's adjusting. I think it's part Jalen. I think it's offensive line. I think it's Sirianni. I think it's Brian Johnson. I, I don't think there's one – clear weak link in here after watching two games so it, and just to put some numbers to Elliot saying the passing game is struggling because it, it is I mean they did hit there's some, no question about they it they hit some players yeah. last night so it, you can look at the projected numbers and I know it's only two games but like if you just take his numbers and put it over 17 games Hertz is on pace for just over 3,000 yards and 17 touchdowns to nine picks that's not very good it's just not. Uh, no, I mean that's that's actually really bad. Yeah, it's a, and he has a ninety three point one passer rating, which I would say in the NFL these days is very average. You know, like like I would say that would be seventeenth in the NFL. Most guys are over ninety five, ninety five ish. In training camp, he did not throw a lot of touchdowns. Like he ran the ball in a lot in training. Even camp. when Hugh and I were there for those practices, and I looked up, he was always running it. Yeah, in. and I, I think it's too early to say you know to to say that you know, that's why that that we're seeing what he's going to be all year. And I agree with you doing the numbers ahead for the full year. Maybe not the best exercise right now, but it does show like the pace that he's at. It's not been good. Now, the counter to that would be if there's one part of the team that you would think they could turn it around at, it would, you know, it would be Jalen. 
right? Like, I think there's a lot of belief that Jalen will be able to get this done. So, but yeah, through two games, I agree. The, the passing game has been bad. But he did, you know, the adjustment there, and this is really the point on Brian Johnson last night, he adjusted and ran the football. That's, that's, you got, you got to give him credit for that. Because at some point you got to recognize, all right, what I'm doing is not working. Should I change it within the game? It reminded me of 2021 a little bit, but the Eagles didn't really adjust in the game, right? They had that moment of kind of the Eureka moment. Well, they basically moment. could only run the ball. Right. Yeah. But they, they did ram their head against the wall early that season until Steichen took over, and then they started doing it. It was not really within games they adjusted. They just, right. I mean, they would throw it 40 times and it wouldn't be successful. Last night in the second quarter, it's like the light bulb went off. Like, screw it. Let's just run it. And But I do think, not to take credit away from Brian Johnson for that, but if we're going to give Brian Johnson all the blame, like, he gets both, right? So Sirianni and Brian Johnson, I think, have always been good at adjusting. And Sirianni specifically. Like, I think Sirianni is probably the least stubborn head coach I've been around in my time covering the team. Gave up play calling. He switched to a run-heavy offense the one year. If a game's going one way and he has to run it for 400 yards against the Packers like he did, I think actually, like, that coaching staff, Brian Johnson included, and Nick – have proven over time to be very willing to adjust on the fly. 215-592-9494. Let's react to the game. It was last night a good win. Rasheem in North Philly. Hey, hey, what's up, Joe? Rasheem's back. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? What up, um, man? I think, I think a lot of this is just going to be like an adjustment base because what I seen last night on the consistent basis that uh, they rushed three and dropped eight. So I think the counter parts to that, is the, like you have to run the football to put them in a the position where they're going to have to play with four uh, defensive lines or five defensive lines. So that way you could get into a, 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 a passing situation that, that's, that's more conducive to how you pass the football. And I think you've seen that a little bit in the second half. You've seen that the offense was able to get in a little bit of rhythm because they say, you know what, we're just going to run them out this type of formation. And then that's when you start to see a little bit more success, you know, you know, on the offense. But I think moving forward, I think you're going to start seeing that more. But I think the adjustments are going to be made in the passing uh, 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 element of the game as far as, all right, this is where and this is how we expose when they uh, uh, rush three and drop eight. Um, but, you know, I'm not worried about the pass defense. Ellie, I know you love the whole stats out there, but there was one starter in that whole secondary uh, after, like, the middle of the second quarter, and that was Darius Slay. I mean, you had Josh Joe about Well, there. Justin Evans was out there, right? He, he, he should not be a starter. Well, he is a starter, Rasheem. You could say he's he not, but he isn't. Well, then Rasheem, how, how he's, he's got to get to work. He was a starter week one. Yeah, he was exactly. a starter last night. How he's got to get to work, Rasheem, make he's a trade or something. But you can call NFL. him. You can say he's, he's not a starter all you want. He is a starter. But that doesn't mean anything. You just said they had one starter. Is that true? Yes, and that's Darius no. Slate. Everybody else should not be on that football field. Uh, Terrell Edmonds should not be a starter, uh, a starting safety. Okay. Neither should Justin Evans. But that is reason to worry if they have backups starting. Again, but Rasheem, Justin well, Evans well, is well, the starter. Well everybody, well, everybody can't be Darius Slate and Bradbury when you're going to your fourth and fifth corner. There's a reason why Darius Slate and Bradbury are who they are. When you go into a position where the stars get injured, this is what happens, and they're young players. So so, so, so I thought they played uh, 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 fairly well because there were times where – we yeah, were able to go I, the I agree with you. Third down situations. My biggest concern is the communication part, as far as like not knowing where to be at, and and and, and, and in a game where you have so many uh, 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 non-starters in the secondary, you should be able to play zone, so that way the communication will, will be easier. It's easier to pass off uh, mm-hmm. uh, routes and everything. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I agree with that, Rasheem. Like I, I, the same mistake we're seeing from last year. Yeah, we are. And Rasheem, I agree with some of what you're saying. Rasheem, we appreciate the phone call. I'm going to start doing that. I think it's a good. A good bit there where you just you don't think someone's a starter like you don't think he should be a starter so he's just not a starter yeah i'm gonna say they have backups in but he starts them but to me he's a backup <laughs> exactly, in my yes. mind he's yeah. a backup I well love that. but that i mean if you're concerned well, he was about starting because of an injury 
No, well, no, Justin Evans Justin started Evans. Week Oh, one. Evans, I thought you said Job, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, well, there's a lot of these guys, which is why yeah. you're probably confused. Well, I think that's a communication thing, too. They have sure. a lot of moving parts in that second. New coordinator, a lot of new pieces, new starters, Justin Evans, new backups in last night. So I, I think, look, you don't want to see anyone as open as K.J. Osborne was. Like, he was one of he the most open. open receivers I've ever seen. But I think there's a, a little bit of excuse for so it. So I, I, as I think about the first two games and where they're at, and obviously we're reacting to last night, I think on offense, there's real reasons to believe they're going to figure this out. The, the talent is there. They'll, they'll, they'll adjust to the adjustments. The defense, you know, they're, they're this close to allowing like 70 points and 800 yards passing to Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. The defense has gotten – they've gotten beat a lot. And, and there's reasons, right? There's backups in there. There's injuries. But that's that has happened. Kyle, well, where are you on this game? You feel good after last night? I have felt better and better about it the further removed okay. we've gotten from the game. Especially – I mean – even further along as the game itself went on, and I think that's pretty obvious the reasons why. The offense adjusted. I think Brian Johnson should be getting a lot more credit than I think people have been giving him today because the alternative is being stubborn and just trying to run the same things uh, over and over again. And it not working. It wasn't working. And once we started running the ball, it did sort of soften the back end of the defense, and you saw him able to take shots as the game went on. I think the further we got down the line in the game was really the offense that I started expecting to see. It uh, looks like they still might have some kinks to iron out. You know, the A.J. Devontae thing, I think that'll end up getting figured out. But I think the defense needs to get a lot of credit here, too, because they had a ton of backups in. I think Desai, yeah, I know we want to talk about all the yardage they gave up to Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones. About, you know, Cousins had 360, but 75 of those came on that garbage time drive. Seven of those points also came on a garbage time drive. They allowed 21 points to that Vikings offense that we thought, you know, might shred us on the back end with yeah. all the injuries that we had and the backups in. I think Desai should get more credit than he got. They Nobody can still run the football on us. So that, our defense that, has done that a lot of good job. That's the surprising great. thing, and Kyle, to your point, like this defensive line might not just be better than last year, and the sack total, I would be surprised if it showed it. Yeah. Well, they only I think have, they might be con- considerably better. They only yeah. have, what, four total through two games? Sacks? Right. Yeah. They, do they have more turnovers than that? You figure two in the first game. They, four, they, they got four last night. Four last right. Now, yes. now one, was on, one was on special teams and one was on offense, technically. Right. But, but the other thing, they have more turnovers forced this season than sacks. Yeah. Yeah, which is a crazy stat. Yeah. So I, I just think what the difference is, like Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter are just flat out better than the defensive tackles they had last year. Well, and think about it. Fletcher is now – like, And I, Fletcher's playing awesome. He's still playing a lot, but in, in importance, he was the number two defensive tackle last year. Now it feels like he's right. the third most important defensive but he, tackle. But he's – He's playing a ton. I agree, yeah, but yeah. like on the impact, like they. Oh, might, I agree with They that, might yeah. have two young guys now are better than Fletcher, and that. And then I'm not saying Fletcher's in big decline. It's just these guys. These are guys taking, are playing really well. Yeah, they take a big leaps. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Do you feel good after the win last night? Both Elliot and I do. Elliot feels great. I feel good as the Eagles move to two and now John is in Philadelphia. What's up, John? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing today? What up, John? hey John? Hey, listen, I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling okay about the win last night. And here's the reason why. I kind of believe this was a tale of two halves. So, you know, if you dissect the first half and the second half, obviously in the second half, you can see that the running game developed, you know, developed, a, you know, continuity. The offense, you know, stepped in. And, you know, they, they became, you know, more uh, more comfortable in the offense. So, with that being said, like last year, if you think about last season, it took us to like kind of like four or five, maybe even six games last year to get the running game going. So, mm-hmm. The positive thing for me is the fact that they did this and stuck with it is is huge for me because they you know they know what it takes to win so and we did it and our offensive line in the run game is absolutely unbelievable so you know I'll take that as an absolute 100 percent positive and I also take the fact that 
you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, towards the end of the game felt a lot more comfortable in that offense. So, you know, there are a lot of good things to take out of this, especially on a short week. So, Well, John, uh, and John, just real quick, I, I think because uh, you're making a, a good point here, I think what really helps them is that, like, to, to go 22-3, and three, you're going to have to win ugly games. And last night really wasn't an ugly game, but week one certainly was. And I think the running game, like, when the game is ugly, the Eagles are very much able to win that way because mm-hmm. they're very comfortable just playing ugly, like ball control, running the ball, physical football. I also think they're very good at not letting the game spiral out of control. Like Jalen had that interception. I think if Carson Wentz was their quarterback last night, they lose that game because he throws another pick, he forces something. I think when this team realizes maybe they're not playing their best, they have a very, very good plan B, which is just hunker down, run the ball, ball control, and they're really hard to beat It's way. very Alabama of them, the Nick Saban in college football, right? They could beat you anyway, and they'll just do whatever it takes that yeah. day. No, absolutely, and and that's a that's a good sign, you know, and that's a sign of a strong team. But the biggest thing for me is, and I think Elliot just said it on in the last segment that nobody can run on us. Like Carter and Davis, I mean, this year they have stepped. Up. I mean, Carter obviously is a rookie, but Davis has stepped up this year, and that's you know that, that's going to go a long way for this defense. Well, you think back to the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously Mahomes was great in the second half, and El- and John, we appreciate the phone call, but they couldn't stop the run in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. that. And, and some they of it, allowed 180 yards passing. Yeah, some of it was by design in Gannon's defense. And I think the NFL is kind of like this now, like they'll let you run but not throw. Yeah. But if the Eagles can find that balance between being really good against the run but also just being better against the pass, and I think that will probably happen when Bradbury gets back. Now, we don't seem to know what this Maddox injury is or how bad it is. That's potentially a big deal. Well, I think, too, with their defensive tackles, all their players are, are much more two-dimensional. Like last year, Jordan Davis could stop the run, couldn't rush the passer. Uh, and Dominican Sue, run stopper. Linval Joseph, run stopper. Javon Hargrave, pass rusher. Jalen Carter can do both now. Jordan Davis can do both. Fletcher can do both. Milton Williams, I'm not sure how he is against the run, but he is a great pass rusher, and he is out, out there on running downs. Um, so I just think there's a lot more versatility and a lot more options there where if, if, if uh, the opposing offense last year, if they saw Linval Joseph or Jordan Davis on the field, they could just throw it, right? Because they know those those two can't rush the passer. This year, I think that's more difficult to do. The the Jordan Davis uh, jump he's taken, the leap, has, has changed things, right? Because I, I, to your point, if he's on the field last year, you feel like the, the other team felt good throwing the football. Yeah. He wasn't going to rush the quarterback. That play he had last night, that third and nine, where he just pushed the pocket into Cousins, he didn't do that one time last year. So it's early. But to me, the Jordan Davis leap from last year to this year is as impressive as the Jalen leap. Like, to go from being someone that has never rushed the passer well, didn't play on third down in Georgia, didn't play on third down last year, couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. Now he has a sack in each game. He's consistently getting uh, past, you know, he's winning at the line of scrimmage. He's immediately beating his man, getting into the backfield. He's getting pressures and uh, breaking the pocket up the middle. He's good against the run. I get that Jalen's the quarterback, and that's always going to show more. But the improvement Jordan Davis has made, is arguably the most impressive thing this team has done through two weeks. So how about this? So when Jordan Davis was on with Hugh and I in training camp, he said his goal was five sacks. And people heard that and they were like, come I, on. Yeah, I, I thought I made a joke that maybe he'd get that in two years. So how about this? He has one and a half sacks through the first two games of the season. His high for a season at Georgia, and I recognize at Georgia there was like 10 great defensive linemen. They all went to the NFL. But that's a cop-out to me. But he was not in on third down because I, he was not good at rushing You're right, but he could have got him on first and second. Like I'm, I'm saying Fair. I know he didn't play every snap at Georgia, so I'm, I'm giving him that. But that being said, his high for a sack 
in a season at Georgia, and he played there for four years, was two and a half. He could get that on Sunday. Yeah. He, like he could, or next Monday against the Bucs. He, like he's almost there through two games. He really has taken – he just he, – the best way I could say with Elliott is he looks like a first-round pick. He looks like a difference maker. And I, I don't think it's time just yet, but we should talk about Tracy Rocker, their defensive line coach, in more similar terms to the way we talk about Jeff Stoutland than just never bringing him oh, up. Oh, I like that. I mean, he he's he done, doesn't get brought up. He's done a fantastic job. He's developed Jordan Davis. They get pressure every year. The, they they change people there fairly mm-hmm. frequently, right? And I get Je- Jeff Stoutland's done it for longer, and he's been here, multiple head coaches, all those things. But what Tracy Rocker gets out of that line unit is just as impressive as what Stoutland gets out of his offensive. Line. I mean, Josh Sweat is a fourth round pick who's become one of the best pass rushers in the whole league. I mean, he, he a great point. I think Josh Sweat is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. That guy's really good. LT's in California. What's up, LT? Thank you. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, man? LT. What's up, buddy? Oh, man. You know, I, I hadn't called in a while, man, but I had to get it in just because, you know, second game is going down. Mm-hmm. 2-0, man, loving the birds. But I, it was a couple things that I noticed yesterday that I wanted to bring up. Number one, I think the season um, – I think the, the, the season is starting off with, um, you know, with us having the same sort of luck that we had last year. You know what I mean? Obviously, we have – a lot more um we got a lot more uh you know injuries going on with us right now but and honestly man those games last year we said yeah we jumped up big but it was always we towards the end of the game we ended up coming up short and everybody was holding their breath at the end and we're like dude how the heck do we score all these points in the second quarter and then we can't score towards the end of the game and we're giving it up i think it's looking very similar man i think we're we're a little rusty and i, I don't think that we you know we're in as bad a shape as everybody thinks, man. I think we're we're good to go. I think Jalen Hurts is going to, you know, get it right. The only thing I'm concerned about the most is the offensive coordinator. And, you know, that that part we got to figure out because it wasn't that Jalen wasn't throwing routes, you know, downfield. He couldn't find open guys. Do y'all notice how many routes we, on third and long, third and five, we ran screen passes. We didn't run nothing down. Yeah, I, I'll tell like, I have noticed that. It's, it's been bizarre, the offense, the, the pass game, the plan. It, it doesn't look right. LT, we appreciate it. That it's something they have to get better at. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop. And we'll come back at all your phone calls here. We will come back with an injury update. On Avante Maddox, we'll touch on a huge play in last night's game that we haven't hit yet. John Ritchie will join the show at 11. All your phone calls all day. Elliot in for you. 215-592-9494 to hop in the midday show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Join me and join the Bet Park Sportsbook app and you're in the zone. The official sportsbook app for the real Philly sports fan. Odds, bets, slots, and games all right in your pocket. Plus, Live bet while watching your favorite teams. Nobody does live in-game betting better than Bet Parks. Bet on the action as it happens. Join me and download the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app right now. New customers make a winning $10 bet and get 125 in bonus sportsbook bets back. Must be a winning bet and bonus bets must be wagered once. College football Saturday, Penn State on the road against Illinois. Then Monday night, early line has Cleveland favored as they travel to Pittsburgh. Cleveland's now just a two-point favorite at Pittsburgh, and the over-under pretty low is at 39 points. The Bet Park Sportsbook app is the only sports uh, betting app that I use myself, and it's the only one that I recommend to all my friends and family. It's safe and it's easy to use. Live betting, parlays, prop teasers, they have it all on the Bet Park Sportsbook app. You love to play. You love to win. You bet Bet Parks. 
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Cousins again on the gun, takes his drop, he is firing, and it is juggled and caught by Jefferson, goes out of bounds near the goal line. Eagles are yelling that he didn't have possession, but they say he is out of bounds at the one. He made the catch, the officials say he had possession, now he didn't have it after he went out of bounds, but we'll take another look at that. If he fumbled that out of the end zone, that may go the other way. I think he fumbled that out of the back of the end zone. Well, he did, and it was a big play for the Eagles. Welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Elliott in for Hugh on this Friday, reacting to an Eagles win. Elliott feeling great. I feel good after the Eagles move to 2-0. Well, John Ritchie joined the show in a few minutes at 11 a.m. to give his take on what he saw last night. But, Elliott, that was a big play because, you know, we talk about how many points they allowed in the defense, but. That, that's a touchdown, basically, that came off the board for Minnesota. So what do we think of that rule? I, I feel like what was um, the year the Browns won a playoff game with Baker, the next week they went to Kansas City. Yeah, in the and this happened there. Same thing happened. Yeah. It happens like once or twice a year, and then was like, remembers this rule. It, it's, it's controversial because it feels almost unfair to the offensive team. Now, the Eagles benefited last night, but it's like you're, you're reaching for the, the goal line. You're on the mm-hmm. one, and then all of a sudden you could not only not get the touchdown – you lose the football, and it goes to the other team. Yeah, so I'm not one for hyperbolic statements. Never. Never. But I think it might literally be the dumbest rule in all of sports. I mean, come on. I, like, it, it's insane. It's it's literally a seven-point punishment. They got the play that got them to the one. He's fighting to score. The league wants points. He fumbles it, and yes, it does go out of bounds, but you lose possession. You literally go from being, in most instances, I would guess, at the one-yard line where you're you're going to score, right, unless it's fourth down, but to then losing the ball, and not only that, the team gets it at the 20. It, it is the harshest penalty outside of maybe a penalty kick in soccer that in sports. So I, I agree with you. It's very harsh. But, but the other side of it is there's no repercussion if you're diving for the pylon to just flimsily like reach your hand out from the four-yard line. That's fine. What, 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 what's your, Why so, is that fine? So, so uh, let That's me ask you this. If, if you're diving for a first down, right? Yeah, you, but you, you wouldn't be as, as uh, cavalier about it because yeah. you, you could fumble. Yes, but you could also fumble for the touchdown. I'm just saying. I'm saying to, 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 you to can't take the ball. For a first down. No, no, I, no. Sorry. What I'm saying is you're you're reaching for something in both instances. Yes. Is my point. Something important. Obviously, the touchdown's more important. Right. I get with the current rule. But the I, like, why are we punishing players for trying to score? So my point is like by the goal line, players are very cavalier because what's the worst that happens? It goes like if you're if you're by the sideline, right? If you're not in the middle of the field, because then you could fumble, you know, right. around the the middle of the field. But if you're by the sidelines, let's say we take the rule away, right? This rule doesn't exist. You get the ball wherever it goes out of bounds. Couldn't I just at the four yard line reach out 
like dive and reach out and just almost like flip the ball in a sense, like barely hold on to it. And if I fumble out of bounds, who cares? Well, but if you're doing it from the four-yard line, you're not going to score. Three. You know what I mean. Like, you reach no, as but far I don't, as you but can. I guess the point I'm making is I don't know what you mean because I think that in all these instances, they're almost always, like, one yard away. So, like, to your point of, like, doing an unrealistic play at the four, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, I just feel like it, it, there's no penalty, if we take this rule away or change it, to trying to score when you don't really have possession of the ball. Because you, you all you're trying to do is well, cross the goal line. But you're but you're assuming that if I'm going to be extremely cavalier with the ball by, let's say, the four, the three, whatever, you're assuming this is going out of bounds. Like, that that ball could be recovered by the other team. Could and you be. could fumble it. But if you're— If, if, you're, if I'm just, like, holding the ball out all willy-nilly and loose, like, yeah. what are the chances you, you think if that ball gets loose that it's recovered versus it goes out of bounds? Well, I think it's likely to go out of bounds because you're by the sideline. Are you being pushed? Like right, the ball's going to fly out of bounds. The ball's either going to bounce inbounds or out of yeah, bounds. Yeah, right? it might. So, Kyle, what do you think of this? You're being, Elliot's being too selfish toward the offense in this instance. The defense needs to get so, – like, the idea of the offense is to get the ball across the goal line. The goal of the defense is to prevent that from happening. I almost look at it in a similar way to, like, going over 21 in blackjack. Uh, blackjack. Like, you went too far out of the back of the end zone. Like, there's got to be a penalty for that. And I agree with what Joe said. Like, it's different from reaching out for a first down – because the end zone is not the field of play in the NFL. There are a different set of rules it's a score as soon for as the it end zone, yeah. and then there are in any yeah, other part I, I, of the I field of play. I would say it's a different set of rules. It is. No, but, no Elliot, like it literally is. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It right. is, because when you cross the plane of touchdown. the goal line, touchdown. the play is over. The, the play is dead. It's a touchdown. When you uh, when you fumble out of the back of the end zone, it should be the same. It should be same thing. It's different from if you fumble out of bounds in the field of play. It's not the field of do, play. Do, do they call pass interference differently in the end zone? They, yes, they do because then it goes up to half no, the distance the, the of the goal. No, but the call itself is the same. No, like, Elliot, but the, the rules the, are no, the, the same repercussion in the is end different. Zone. No, it's not. Yeah, the repercussion th- is different. There is some gray area, yeah. right? Because on a first down, they have to measure it. If you've crossed yep. the goal line and they see it on camera, it's touchdown. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're, yes, you're, you're wrong. right. There's a different set of circumstances. You were right. Once the ball gets in the end zone, the play is dead for sure. But yeah. what I'm saying is the, the the set of circumstances on the rules and how they're called are not different yes, in the are. end zone no, versus they, no, the one. I, I do think it's interesting. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It obviously helped the Eagles last night, which which was a good thing. Eric is in Cherry Hill. He agrees with Elliot. It was a great win. What's up, Eric? Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, Eric? How you doing? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 with Elliot. Um. You know, and I have two points. The first one, you know, every, everyone's kind of just like scoffing at. Minnesota, like I actually thought this was a trap game, and I had it circled as one of the uh, one of the potential losses. You know, I had the Eagles at twelve and five. I had them I losing had, it. So yeah, yeah. I and to the, Eric, to your point, th- that team won thirteen games last year. I know they won a lot of one score games, but like Minnesota's not a bad football team, and they have arguably the best. The, you know, uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And well, I think and it's he, arguably. He, like he yeah. is. I guess Tyreek Hill, maybe. But yeah, Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, Eckler. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's the first one. Second one. Um, you know, Elliot was also right when he said, you know, I think we're all just, uh, you know, we're a little bit spoiled. Um, you know, we can't expect, you know, what they did last year. It's just not sustainable. You know, because. 
you know, head coaches. But what I think is crazy, Eric, not to interject, is we might be finding out it is sustainable. Like, they're 2-0. and They Win- played two games, and they, and, they, and they won them both. Yeah, wins and losses might be sustainable, but they don't look as dominant as they did last year. Right. They don't, no. yeah, exactly. I don't disagree with that. I just think we, we're overlooking the impressiveness of winning both of these yeah, games. Yeah, you're Eric, and that's a fair point, and, and uh, we appreciate the phone call. We do have an update on Avante Maddox, Elliot. Maddox got hurt last night. It looked like some sort of shoulder issue. So the latest on Avante Maddox, according to Derek Gunn, is that it doesn't look good for Avante Maddox. Now, we don't have an exact update or you know exactly what this is or a timeline, but Derek Gunn, obviously a great reporter, and yeah. I'm sure he knows what he's talking about, doesn't look good, tells me this is not going to be like a one-week thing. Well, and if it's a shoulder injury that doesn't look good, you would worry that this might be, you know, eight, nine, ten, like if not season ending. Man, he's always hurt. He's a really good player. Yeah. I like Avante Maddox. But doesn't it feel like every year it's, it's a turf toe or yep. it's a, what, a hamstring or whatever. It's always yeah. him. <laughs> it's always him. <laughs> now, this is a obviously a big loss for the Eagles because on the outside, I think they have pretty good depth. Like, I thought Joe, Josh Joe played okay last mm-hmm. night. Um, I'm excited about Eli Ricks. They have Keely Ringo as a fourth-round pick. On the inside at nickel, they have Mario Goodrich, who I also think has good upside. I don't think he's as pro-ready as, like, a Josh Job. Um, I thought he played okay last night. But this will – I'll tell you this. If Mario Goodrich steps in and plays really well the rest of the year, like, Maddox will be gone. Well, or, or, or he'll be taking a pay cut. Certainly could happen. But my, my worry is how many young guys can they have on the field at once? Like, it's one thing to incorporate Mario Goodrich or Josh Job, But, you know, if you have to have well, multiple of those guys at once – Against Baker – Sam Howell, yeah. Zach Wilson. Well, like, they might be able to get it's away a good with... time to get some reps in. I agree with that. 215-592-9494. We'll get back to all your phone calls here. Do you feel good after the win over the Vikings? I feel good. Elliot feels great. And we'll talk, chat with John Ritchie. His thoughts on the Eagles' victory. 215-592-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP.